Welcome to the Crimson Circle Show. Here we are, ready and waiting for Jeffrey Hoppe to begin channeling Adamus Saint-Germain, maybe. <laughs> are you ready? Thank you, we have a live audience here at the studio in Louisville, Colorado. Welcome to those of you that are listening in. We know that there are listeners from all over the world. If you want to watch, you can actually go to crimsoncircle.com and you will be able to see this broadcast live or you can review it later. You can listen at thecrimsoncircle.com live also or later. And those of you tuning in from BTR, welcome. So, <clears throat> with that, this is the Kasama series and I think we're all just about ready for Adamus if that's who's coming in. You know, the minute I count on that, something else shows up. But this feels <laughs> maybe like it's Adamus Day. But Adamus is chewing gum. That doesn't seem very Adamusy. <clears throat> so let's see where this is going to take us. So with that, you can feel as the energies move through the room. You can feel the energies of all those listening in and watching. And with that, I invite each of us to take the deep and conscious breath, the breath of the soul, the body, and the mind. I invite each of us to breathe deeply with feeling and allowing, to breathe with trust, to breathe, giving each of us permission to truly allow this experience to flow. Feel as the energies move. Breathe with all your senses. And as we breathe, the music will play. And I invite you to keep breathing deeply and to allow your senses to open and expand. Breathe. Budapest, my, my hidden treasure chest Golden grand piano My beauty focused E.O.U Ooh, you Ooh, I'd leave it all My acres of a land I've achieved It may be hard for you to stop and believe But for you Ooh, you Ooh, I'd leave it all Ooh, for you Give me one good reason why I should never make a change Baby, if you owe me, then all of this will go away My many artifacts, the list goes on If you just say the words, I'll up and run on to you Give me one good reason why I should never make a change 
I am that I am, Adamus of Sovereign Domain. Let's take a deep breath, dear Shambra. Remember that this is the most special, special time for you. I hear your talk of how difficult it is, uh, the thoughts and the emotions, what's going through your body, everything being turned upside down, but this is the most special of times. You'll only do this once, this transformation from human into the Divine Self, into the realization of the I Am, just once. Certainly, you can go back and revisit it later, going through time and space, but it won't be like what you're experiencing right now. Painful, emotional, challenging, yes. Transformational, beautiful, passionate, yes. Don't be in such a hurry to get out of this, what you consider mess, difficulty, challenge. Stop for a moment, if you would, right now to consider what you're going through, no matter what your health or relationship status is, no matter what your finances are, no matter if you are exhausted to the bone. Stop for a moment. Look what you're doing. Yeah, you. Look what you're doing, what you're experiencing. And the beautiful thing is, 
And I can tell you this from, from this stage, and I know it's difficult for you to realize, the beautiful thing is you cannot go wrong in it. You cannot go wrong. Now, that said, I'm going to qualify it by saying it may not go right according to your human concept of it, your human expectations, but from the divine, from the soul, from the I am, you can't go wrong. That would lead one to believe that it's time to let go of some of the human expectations. Yes. <laughs> to allow something greater. Have you ever had one of those moments where something happens and you think, I couldn't have planned it any better if I had tried? Somehow it worked out so well beyond what I could have planned it. How does that happen? So often when that does happen, you give credit to some angelic uh, influence, assistance. No, it was you that did it. When that happens, it's because you've allowed you to go beyond just you into who you truly are. And then amazing things happen, miracles happen. I don't like to focus so much on – I'm going to get set for today. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh -oh. You don't have to run, my dear. <laughs> but you do have to take this device – whatever happened to a plain sheet of paper. Yes. Oh, uh, get prepared. Whoa. I haven't <laughs> – yes. I haven't fo – please. Hello. Ah, Sandra, you're subbing out your job. Did she have to pay you to bring the coffee up here? No. Thank you, my dear Denise. Thank you. Oh, a little chocolate. Um, could we come back, uh, just go off the air for five minutes while I eat here? Ah, let me ha – and you can pass this around. Is that the pass king's, it around. It's the king's chocolate. I think it's the king's chocolate. What are you doing? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm. 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 Oh, it's a spider. Mm. Good. As I was saying so seriously. <laughs> have you noticed lately this is before I get into serious. Have you noticed lately that things are kind of going awry all around you? Out of balance, out of whack. More so than ever your electronics not working so well, hearing strange popping noises all around your house, not knowing what that is. What's that popping? Of course, you attribute it to something like the um, foundation settling, but it's actually you're emitting such a strong uh, consciousness that it is affecting energy around you and causing these strange occurrences. It's going to seem like you can't even control your yourself, your your charisma. And this is the charisma series, not the kasama. The charisma, the charisma is your light. It's it's shining so brightly right now, in spite of all the confusion and everything else. But it is shining shining so brightly. It is affecting energies around you and people around you. You may have noticed. Now, you would think with charisma they would be attracted to your light. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> but 
you know how it is that when the light shines so brightly, sometimes even you want to cover your eyes, wear sunglasses, or, or find a little bit darker spot somewhere. It's like that when you're around them. It's you're actually well, you're actually a bit like me when you're around humans. A bit like me when I'm around you. Annoying. <laughs> because the light is so bright, so strong, they don't know how to take it. And when you are shining your light, your charisma, it exposes things within them that they've been trying to hide. And and there's just something even with the magnetic impulses that are occurring as a result of your light, it's, it, those magnetic impulses are annoying to humans and cars and computers, for the most part, and other devices. It's annoying in a way to the air around you. Annoying because mass, you, mass consciousness is in a type of beautiful but dull hypnosis. Just enough energy, just enough of everything. And for the most part, humans are rather content with that. Amazing. You're not. That's why you're here. But most humans are content with that, just getting through the day. And suddenly along comes this exuberant bright light. I'm not just talking about your physical energy, but I'm talking about your presence. It's annoying to them, uh, because it, it, it's really telling them that there's something more, something they're missing out on, something that they are, they're being so lethargic and dull. And you come along, you're not dull. No, it's the last thing. <laughs> you're not dull. Lethargic once in a while in the body and in the mind, of course, because so many things are changing so quickly. But you come along with your charisma, it's annoying. So get used to it for a while, anyway. I know you've heard stories of past masters who uh, they, they walk into a crowd and suddenly the whole crowd feels blissful. That never happened. <laughs> uh, it really didn't. I couldn't even imagine. unless. Unless they were deliberately trying to hypnotize the group, that doesn't happen. When a master is present, it brings controversy and conflict. It exposes both the light and the dark to the real light. It exposes what has been hidden. It exposes true passion. It exposes something we're going to talk about later today the true compelling nature of you, of your soul. So let's take a deep breath with that. Today on the schedule I have two questions, so we will be taking the microphone into this beautiful audience. Yes. Annoying, uh -oh. isn't it? <laughs> no? You get the microphone first. Two questions. Then I'm going to talk about two important trends that are affecting the planet right now, and if you're aware of these. You'll be better able to cope with what's happening all around you. And then I want to talk about one overwhelming trend that's happening within you personally, and then we'll do a marab if there's time. <laughs> so yes, we'll save the dessert for the last. <laughs> 
But before I start with the questions, I, I do want to make my, my speech here hmm. with a little coffee. See how a master can be so annoying. <laughs> so, my dear friends, and I mean this so sincerely, I've worked with many individuals and groups over the past, um, past hundreds, thousands of years, and I've never had – Calder is going to accuse me of getting soft here, but just for the moment – I've never had so much fun and so much fulfillment as working with all of you. Oh my God, where's Adamas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that doesn't mean we're done with our program together. It just means we're taking a pause. I've worked with, with brilliant humans uh, who have been on the spiritual path forever, those who actually helped to create the very first Kabbalah or Kabbalah. Now, that for for all of you who aren't who don't know is um, supposedly a, the the Jewish mystical book, but it came along a long, long time before the Jews ever had it. The Kabbalah Kabbalah means the truth or basically the core, the center. Yes, another C or K word uh, to add to the list, but the Kabbalah means truth and the pursuit of the truth, finally the realization of the truth. The Kabbalah has been around for eons and eons. It actually came up from Egypt and some of the original Egyptian books and later was adopted by other cultures. So I've worked with those who actually had been involved in some of the original writings of the Kabbalah. They were a challenge to work with, actually. Not nearly so much fun as Shambra, as you. It has been my true joy to be with you, uh, to walk beside you, to walk every step of the way with you. Difficult, I know. I know. And there are days, particularly nights, when you feel overwhelmed. You feel like you're not getting anywhere. But I can truly tell you that this group who calls themselves Shambra is truly amazing. What you have gone through, the challenges, the, the speed at which you are going through everything is very, very impressive. I joke about going to the Ascended Masters Club and telling my stories of my people, of Shambra. And it's very true. It is very, very true. A few months ago I said that we're going to take a look in February 2016. We're going to take a look to see where we are. Have enough Chambra realized enough of their enlightenment for all of us to go forth. Otherwise it's a waste of your time and mine. But so far I feel that we're on a very, very, very good path together. Difficult, challenging. As I said, so many times enlightenment is brutal to the human, not to the soul, not to the I am, not to the truth, but it is absolutely brutal to this aspect called the human. Whether we are here in the Shouds or whether we are in Kihak going forward, 
We're going to go far beyond just this human focus into the end, into the many. There is not going to be any going into the one at all. So if that's your expectation, you're going to be greatly disappointed. We're not bringing everything back into a one. That plane sucks. <laughs> Those are technical spiritual terms. Yes. They're in the Kabbalah, if you read closely enough. We're going to be going into the many, and that's where it gets fun, and that's what I'm particularly excited about. As we do this, I want you to understand where you've come from and where you are now. So much of this energy of Shambra goes back to the time of Yeshua. And I know many of you feel a, a closeness and affinity, a, a deep love for Yeshua, for Mary, Mary Magdalene, for all of those who were there at the time. You relate to it in, in a beautiful but sometimes angry way. I'll explain that in a moment. But that's where you started coming together. That's where the essence of Chambra, of course, uh, Atlantis, but that was a long, 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 long time ago. So much of it came together in the time of Yeshua, where you made a commitment to bring in the divine seed, the Christ consciousness, Christos consciousness. Many, many, many lifetimes ago, all of you were part of that. Even you, dear Linda Visa, you weren't in a physical body, but you were here. You came as close as you could from the other realms to be here, to accompany those who were coming to Earth. You could say you were in your angelic form, most of you in your human form. Whether you personally knew Yeshua or any of the other cast of characters doesn't make a difference. You were somewhere here on the planet at the time. You had made a commitment that you were going to bring in the Divine Seed, the Christ Consciousness, the pure consciousness, and then you'd come back and at some point you would reap what you had sowed. You would take, you would harvest what you had planted for yourself and perhaps for others. So that time has such a meaning to you, has such a depth for all of you. A couple thousand years ago, coming here in human form, some of you in angelic form, and saying, Now, now. A lot of you met each other back then. You meet each other again at our gatherings or in your internet space. And there's that sudden remembrance, that sudden recollection. You met uh, the likes of Tobias, who was such an influence on you, also in angelic form at that time of Yeshua. But that's when you could say so much of this really started taking hold. Then most of you went through an interesting, a long, interesting period of lifetimes in the churches, in the religions, in the spiritual movement. Some of you went to the convents, some of you went to the monasteries, some of you off to different parts of the world, into the temples. And there you studied, you prayed, you meditated, you focused. A lot of discipline. 
In a way, it was good for you. You learned how to focus on something, how to discipline yourself, your human self, that sometimes uh, was very, very undisciplined, very scattered in many ways. You learned to bring back parts of yourself that had gotten very, very lost. You needed to do it in these quiet type of convents or monasteries or temples. You did did that for many, many lifetimes, and there's a certain beauty about that when you remember those times, so quiet, so simple, so dull. In a way, very dull. In a way, very, very good for you at that time. It was a time of taking a, an inner journey within yourself. But it was surrounded by a lot of discipline, a lot of routine, a lot of regimen, a lot of groupthink. There wasn't a lot of room for individual thinking, a lot of group thinking. And at a certain point, you left disillusioned. Maybe it was. 300 years ago, 500 years ago, doesn't matter, but disillusioned by uh, the fact that the real mysteries and the real secrets remained mysteries and secrets. No matter how hard you looked, who you went to for talk or for counsel, nobody really knew the answer. The real mystery was that thing that surrounded the mysteries. Nobody knew. You knew there were answers. You knew that your spiritual path, your place as a divine cedar, was real. You saw others who simply memorized the books and the lines and the rules and went no further, no deeper within themselves. So disillusioned, you left, or you were kicked out. That was a very, very difficult period for you. Maybe some of you three, four lifetimes ago, maybe even just one or two. Very difficult time because it was like leaving everything that had been important, leaving the very path that you had helped to create in the first place, leaving the security of these groups and organizations, leaving friends, leaving those who you considered to be your teachers. So you left, walked alone for a number of lifetimes, kind of wandering out in the desert, in a manner of speaking, but all by yourself. At times, in these lifetimes and even this lifetime, at times trying to get back into spiritual, into the mystical, and at other times trying to run from it, at times trying to find a group that you could relate to once again, feeling that deep need for that friendship, that human association, at other times not wanting anything to do with groups, feeling lost, feeling abandoned, then hearing from the likes of Tobias that even your spirit guides were gone. Now you are really alone. You found this closeness with this group, but a group without rules, a group that has no practices that you have to maintain, a group that has no requirements. Because if this group did, if this organization called the Crimson Circle had 
anything that you were required to do, you'd run. You'd walk away. It's a natural attraction of like-minded, kindred spirit that brings you here, but that doesn't hold you here, that doesn't tie you here. Some of you have left for a while, gone other places, but realize that this is a home. This is a safe space that you can come to and go from any time you choose. It's always here for you. And when I say that I'm going to be with you every step of the way, you've come to realize I am. I'm not going to do it for you. I'm not going to fix the problems in your life because I don't see problems in your life other than you. (laughs) And we're working on that. I really don't see problems in your life as you do. I see situations that are uncomfortable for the human persona, but that's the very thing you're trying to expand beyond. Not get rid of. Not go from being human to just divine. Not going into a oneness, but going from just a human focus, human consciousness, into many, many, many of thyself. Without a singular core, without one of those parts of self having to manage any of the other parts of self, it's difficult for the human mind to even comprehend that. But as you go beyond singularity into the many of the self, you realize that there's not even the soul that's trying to keep everything together. There's no need to. That, my friends, is freedom, and that's where you're going. These last few lifetimes, wandering off by yourself, difficult indeed. There's been times that part of you feels, ah, just to be in a group again, a temple, monastery, something like that, but you can't go back. No. First of all, you wouldn't last very long there. They would ask you to leave for a variety of reasons. <laughs> Secondly, you'd find you'd remember how really dull and boring it is. Almost a denial of your humanness. It's not about denying it. It's about enjoying it and embracing it and also going beyond it. So what a pleasure it's been for me. I had my, we could say, reservations about the time Tobias was leaving. I want to work with a group, not just a group, but a global group that didn't seem to have any real connection, not just any group, but a group of (sighs) – yeah, you know. You had a reputation in the other realms, truly. You had a reputation in the Ascended Masters Club, even though back then there wasn't a name deeply associated with you. It was like, oh yeah, them, (laughs) the Invisibles. You had a, a reputation for pushing the, the, the envelope for being pestilent, for being what you call yourself pioneers. You, you had a group for being one of the most difficult to teach of any. Mm. So when I came here, I said, I have nothing to teach you, nothing. I'll stand here. I'll be with you step by step. I'll try to 
assure you, try to show you that you are worthy of being loved, but I have nothing to teach you. Distract you, yes. Love you, yes, but teach. You're already doing that for yourself. You don't need another teacher. So with that, Chambro, questions for the day. The first one, a bit challenging. We can move this for the time being. First question, Linda, are you ready with the microphone? Oh, yeah. First question is, hmm, Hmm. you could have ascended, become enlightened last lifetime, two or three lifetimes ago. I, I would say within the last three to four hundred years, you could have. Nothing holding you back. You didn't have to come into this lifetime and go through everything you've done. You could have basically brought on your enlightenment when you were about eight years old. Why? Why? And, and I need really good answers today, because oh. uh, two things. This is going to go into a book. <laughs> oh. And also, uh, it's going to be used with the, uh, at the Ascended Masters Club. There are, there are some at the Ascended Masters Club who still like being teachers, so it'll be good material for them. But there are some who are just curious. You could have instantly manifested your enlightenment, your ascension, two, three lifetimes ago, even in this lifetime. Why didn't you? Tough question. Please begin. You p- Absolutely. Yes. Thank Why? You. Uh, is the microphone on? Yes. Yes. Before I answer that, yes. I would just want to say how much I appreciate you being with us. Thank you. I really, really do. It's made a huge difference mm. in my life. And don't the, make me cry here. Well, <laughs> that's okay. Nothing wrong with crying. And the book, uh, Act of Consciousness, yeah, that has good. been that really is, good. That's I not good. really, yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah. I, and I, I take no credit, even though my name is splattered all over the front, but <laughs> it's your book. Well, uh, That's why it's so good. Uh, it is really good, and it's good to have all of this stuff together in one binding. Yes, Like yes. you say, there's nothing new. We already know it. Absolutely. But it's nice to be able to have it in one binding where we can read it and, and go into the experience and yeah. think about now, it. Now, start, start taking the book. Uh, spring a couple bucks here. Take the book and just leave it in unlikely places. Dressing room uh, at, a, at a department store, the changing oh. fitting room. Wow. Yeah. A seat on oh, a bus. That's a good idea. Uh, I thought so. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a table at a cafe. And at a table at the cafe, if, if the waiter comes running after you, oh, you forgot your book. Uh, everywhere but France, they would do that. <laughs> oh, you forgot your book. And, uh, oh, no, 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 it's for you. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I've never push it on anybody. Never just walk up to somebody and give them the book. Leave it somewhere, knowing that the right person is going to find it. Yes. Very good. Good. Uh, Very good. Any more compliments? <laughs> I could probably come up with a lot, but I am ready to answer your question. Good, good. Yes. Sorry, dear Linda. The reason I am still here is I am just darn ready for some good things in my life. Well, well couldn't you be enlightened and have the good things in your life? Ooh. I'm ready to be enlightened. Okay. Completely. Why, I, fully. I, I realize that, but why, why did you. Two lifetimes ago, you were traveling somewhere uh, off in, uh, near Tibet, and you could have. Just like that. Uh, the energies were so right at the time. You, you were ready. 
Why didn't you? Why did you wait? What I'm aware of at this point yes. is I am ready and I am choosing complete, full enlightenment while I'm in the body. When? While I'm in it. When? Right now is fine okay. with me. Good. Um, so I can create, you were talking at the last shout about the K-pair. Yes. The complete creation of what I want. Yes. Not what just falls on me but what I consciously choose to have in my life. And I'm just you ready You notice how you're not answering things. my question? <laughs> I Everybody else did. I, I, I didn't know if it was just me or… It's a tough question. Why did you wait? Ten words or less. I guess I didn't realize that I could be… Mm -hmm. Embodied. Oh. <laughs> Good, excellent answer. Excellent answer. I guess I didn't realize I could be embodied, or hey, I wanted to wait to do it to be embodied because you would have died back then. Yeah. Uh, boom! I, right I, there. I want to be embodied and yeah. enjoy it while and I'm here in physical. Mountain ridge all by yourself, eating by the tigers and the lions. It's I've gone through that. Yeah. I've had enough of that stuff. Good. Thank you. So you get good reason, waiting for embodiment. Excellent. Complete enlightenment embodiment, so I can enjoy it. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You look bedazzling today. Oh. <laughs> I would like uh, a long, flowing, bedazzled robe. Are you saying that people should dress up in roles and allow that? Aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, good point. <laughs> okay, onward, please. Okay. Why Next. did you wait? This, this, this is um, this is a good. Stimulating question, but I really want to know why you waited. Yes. Uh, uh, maybe uh, in this lifetime there was potential for new energy yes. that wasn't present before, like two, three lifetimes before. Okay. So that's why we chose a special. You, you, so you're going to wait? There is, I tell you what, in about 150 years, there's going to be super improved new energy. <laughs> Are you going to wait for that? No. <laughs> okay. Why, why, did you, why did you wait for the Enlightenment? That's the only reason I can think, because uh, everywhere they say that right now we have new energy that was never present before. Yes. So I thought that two, three lifetimes before there was no place for that. Well, so uh, let's just... say there's no new energy. Uh, let's just say it's the same old energy. Would you still wait? No. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Haven't seen you in a long time. Let's see. In person. Yes. Why did you wait? Really not wanting to answer this question. Yes. Um, in this lifetime, yes. uh, I. <laughs> Any lifetime, you could have, uh, you could have ascended a couple lifetimes ago. Why did you wait? Who says that I have waited in previous lifetimes? I mean, I sometimes think that I have been enlightened before and came back this lifetime to kind of. Do it again in a different way and get a new experience. Well, it's a matter of degrees, I guess. Uh, you've had some wonderful experience, but I'm talking about true, full, embodied uh, realization and enlightenment. Or, yeah. And then I'm going to go back to your statement. <laughs> That's even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> why would you? 
why would you, let's say you become totally enlightened back then, why would you come back again? Be careful with how you answer that. Why would you come back again? To experience it in a different way. Uh, experience it getting enlightened in a different way? Yeah. Maybe through a different path, just to understand it a little bit better. Maybe understand isn't the best word. Um, experience. You know, <laughs> come here. I haven't done this oh, in a while. No. And I haven't done this in a while, but we okay. <laughs> when are you gonna stop thinking so much? Tomorrow. No, today. 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 <laughs> Linda's always worried when I slap a big guy, and I'm not gonna slap a little person, a woman, but a big guy, oh, Hug now, him, guy hug. Oh. I love you, but you think too much. Okay. I know. I think I think too much. I know. Yeah, yeah. And then you make me think, and then I get all confused and forget what we're talking about. What yeah, are we talking I'm a about? Master of distraction. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Where were we? On enlightenment. On enlightenment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's overrated. Uh, <laughs> Good. Why? Well, I would like you not to think about it. But I just would to too. Feel it for a little while. Why? Why you waited? No, don't answer because okay. you're thinking right away. But just feel it for a while. You're going to lose your tent out there. Not you. Uh, okay. Next. Let's see. Why did you wait? Why did you wait? Her faith. Yes. Uh, what it feels like to me is that there's something so amazing about this moment. Yes. And Beautiful. it has yeah. to do with the potential of all of us doing this together. Yeah. There's something so, so profound and so exciting about that, that to be here now and to do yeah. it is way more something yeah. than it would have been before. Yeah. Good, good, good answer. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong, uh, but uh, just asking, just wondering what that's all about. Isn't it, doesn't it fascinate you once in a while where you could have just become realized, enlightened, or whatever a couple of lifetimes ago? I think there is a I think you think that you're still working on it, that you, know, you have to go through all these um, um, iterations and learning and everything else, and you don't. To me, it's just amazing. It's fascinating that one would wait, but there's got to be a reason. Once that understanding is realized, uncovered, you're going to get this big aha, aha. Because there's part of you right now that's thinking that you're still not quite ready. There is part of you that's thinking that there's more to learn, more to do. You have to, you have to align things just right for it to happen. Fact is, it could have easily happened two, three lifetimes ago, even in this lifetime. Once there's that understanding within each and every one of you, will have a significant impact on your realization right now. 
as we go around with a microphone, which we'll do a little bit more of in just a moment, you realize it's very surface answers, very macchio answers. We're not getting to it because you don't necessarily want to get to it. Because once you hear that, whether it comes from somebody else or from within yourself, once you know that you could have had the enlightenment a long time ago, how's the face? <laughs> Fine, okay. <laughs> once you could have had that a long time ago, you didn't. Once you have that aha moment, what could have been, then it's really going to put you on the spot right now. It's going to put you on the spot saying, what are you waiting for? Let's do a few more. Dear Linda, microphone, please. How's the temperature in here? Cold. Can we go classic here? Sure. Cold. Oh, let's turn it up a bit. <laughs> not you, not cold. Classic. Yes? Yeah, and you, they won't even turn the microphone on for you anymore. That is so sad. So sad. No, don't turn it on. It's being controlled from the back there. Go ahead. Why would you wait, Edith? Well, I like the answer the beautiful lady back here gave. Yes. Uh, I thought it would be I want to come and join my beautiful Shamra family yeah. so we could all do it together. And I want to come and hear the handsome Adamas. And, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, let's stop right there. Yeah. What else, Edith? We're not getting to the core here. We're dancing around one of the most important questions you can ask yourself. Come on, really? You're going to wait for all them? We're going to do a great big kumbaya party? Uh, sure. You're going to no. You're going to hear me knock that down in just a moment. Why, Edith? Must have had a good reason. Um. <laughs> <coughs> I must have Make something up. Oh, okay. I think that I wasn't quite clear enough and enlightened enough and joyful enough and happy enough and I get it. Okay. Oh <laughs> <laughs> you see what's happening here? And I even already gave you the clue. I'm I'm sorry, Edith, it's not about you, it's about everybody. It's about all of you. Why did you wait? When you can go beyond these surface answers and get to it. Please tell have us. No, I'm not going to, because the reason why is you're procrastinating for a reason, and I want you to find the reason. Because if I tell you, it's going to scare the crap out of you. If I explain to you why you've waited, first of all, it would be so in your face, because you're still waiting. When you're ready, and not having to play the game of waiting anymore, you'll realize why you've been waiting, and then that moment you'll be ready. It's something for each and every one of you, if you are ready, like you say you are. If you're really ready, why did you wait? I, I think that uh, I, we had to realize <laughs> I think I had to realize that I exist, that I am that I am. <laughs> Give me that. I don't care, Edith, if it's you or anyone else. 
the answer isn't going to be there until you're really ready for it. Now, you say, oh, I am, I am. I'm ready for enlightenment. Not bad enough. Actually, not really. Not really. There's a reason why you're waiting. And you're even hiding it from yourself. And you're going to masquerade, and you're going to cover it over. It's, oh, so we could all be together at Shambra and get on Facebook. And <laughs> Edith, the queen of FB. Uh, the <laughs> and, and we're all going to do this together, or, or any – why? You don't have to answer right now. And, and you, you say, well, no, I'm, I'm supposed to tell you. It would be so overwhelming. You have to realize it when you're ready. But I want you to walk out of here today or, or go do whatever you're doing if you're listening online. I want you to, I want you to feel into that question. I want you to feel into – not try to answer it up here. It's not going to come from up here. It's not going to be, oh, because uh, I had to come back at the right time when the uh, uh, meridians and the grids were aligning and the fairies and the divas and the owls were all going to be here to support. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Obviously, you're not ready to hear your own answer. You could have. And, and one could argue that, oh, you could say that about anybody. Not really. They, they, most people aren't prepared for it like you are. Most haven't gone through the time of Yeshua. Most haven't gone into the monasteries and the temples for deep inner studying. Most don't have the knowingness of the Kabbalah within them like you do. Remember, it's not just a Jewish sacred book. The Kabbalah is truth, and it goes back long before that. Most aren't, so my question doesn't apply to most people. Not at all. Not even most, not even most New Agers. It's interesting because you, Shambra, have gone – you, as a group, have gone beyond New Age, way beyond. It doesn't even apply anymore. You've gone beyond – you've gone beyond spirituality. You really have. This isn't – this is no longer a spiritual group. Because spirituality is defined by too many uh, concepts and structures and history and, and machio. This isn't even uh, a cult, uh, the, the occult anymore. You've gone beyond that. You've, you've taken this to a different level. You've taken yourself to a different level. Uh, that's why the, the, you don't find that comfort level with a lot of spiritual New Age groups, because we're not that. It's definitely not a religion. But we come to this interesting point, this rattling, tense, uh, frictional point in your realization, and you're wondering why things are so tough lately, because you're changing. But i got to ask that question. You could have done it. I was beside you. You could have done it a while back. Why not? What were you waiting for? That's an answer you have to discover for yourself. And it's not uh, because so we can all do it together. That's a side benefit. 
Why did you wait? When you are ready to encounter that part of yourself that knows, then you're ready for enlightenment. When you're when you can't answer it clearly and succinctly, when you're making a lot of macchio excuses, when you're thinking too much about it, then there's something in you that doesn't quite want it yet. Doesn't quite want it. That's not a bad thing. You can wait five years, twenty years, ten lifetimes. It doesn't matter. But there's some dynamic, and it don't please don't judge it as being bad. There's just something you're still getting from playing the human role, something that's going to, you feel, disappear, go away in enlightenment. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's fear of death. Maybe it's that simple. I don't think so. Maybe it's something else. Yes, microphone to the handsome gentleman. Thank you. Yes. Um, what I'm feeling is that I wasn't willing to be responsible. Yeah. Yeah. That I wasn't. That's it. That's as simply as I can say it. Yes. I wasn't willing to be responsible. And, and could I take it one step further? Yes. And remember, this is this is for Peter. Doesn't have to apply to everyone. This is for Peter. Not only willing not to take that responsibility, and let's look at it from a positive standpoint. You're having right. fun, right? You're having fun. Now, there is another thing. Uh, I'll interject, and everybody gets addicted. We're, as a matter of fact, doing our addictions um, gathering here in August, mm. right here. Everyone gets addicted because addictions are fun. Damn fun. Uh, it gives you a reason to wake up in the morning, to get back into the addiction, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, right. doesn't matter. I mean, th there's a piece of that that I can feel is like I, I am used to, comfortable with, and actually enjoy being at effect. Yes. And, yes. Um, and I don't want to give that game up. Absolutely not. You know, how, about, how about though we just make the game a little easier? Okay. You like that? Well, not, little, not all the time. No. Uh, wait, let's not all the time. It, you know, uh, impossible is fun because then when you do it, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, we make the game a little easier, well, a little bit more money to play the game. Okay. Uh, we're at the craps table. You've got a little more money to play now. Uh, and we'll, we'll make the game a little bit more rewarding back. Okay. Uh, and we'll put you at whatever seat you want at the game table. We'll just make the game a little better. Uh, how's that? Uh, I'm with you. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you're all feeling like right now, and that's part of my job. You're not going to make the game better. You're not. And so much, and not just you, but so much of the spiritual, religious, uh, uh, those movements are just trying to make the game a little better. That's not my job, and it's not your real desire. It's not your passion. To make the game a little better. That's where people get stuck in enlightenment, just trying to make the human life a little better, make the addictions a little stronger, make them more pleasurable, make the addictions, no matter what it's to, make those addictions uh, just a little bit more fun. We're not here for that.
We're not here for that at all. We're going to move beyond it. So, one more, dear Linda. Two more. David has his hand raised. David hardly ever gets to talk. Yes. I feel that I have trusted other people more than myself. Good. So let's change that around a little bit. You don't trust yourself. That has nothing to do with other people. Yeah. That, that could be, uh, for her, a very, very good reason. I don't trust myself. There is a huge um, factor in enlightenment. I'm going to get into it in just a moment. But there's a huge factor about letting go. And it's ingrained in each and every one of you when you really let go. And I mean let go, let go. That, that the dragons, the demons, and Satan, and everybody else are going to be there waiting for you, to devour you. It's a fear that's been instilled in every one of you. And there is that. What if I let go and this was all a joke? I'm going I'm to give you my simple answer beyond that. Life is whatever you basically imagine it, choose it to be, uh, with the keper. The keper. There's this air, physical air, the ethereal air. It creates a fabric, like a material, like a beautiful, glistening material. And you throw your keper on that fabric, and it creates your life. Most people don't know that, and they don't do it consciously. They just kind of splatter on that fabric. <laughs> but there's this beautiful fabric, and with a keper you can create anything you want. It doesn't where, – where you're going, where all of us are going, is beyond, into whatever you want. Uh, there's this fear that there's going to be some darkness. You just laugh at the darkness. Yeah, it's going to be there. Well, it's going to be yours. You just laugh at it. And then we become whatever we choose to become. And, and continuing to uh, evolve it, to expand it, to make more of that painting on this uh, air and ether fabric. It's that simple. In other words, none of it matters. It's only what you choose. So, but a part of it's trusting yourself. It goes back to an old thing I'm really tired of now. Oh, I did bad things in a past lifetime, and I killed people. I was in war. Yeah, we all did. That's part of the human journey. Get over it. Just get over it. It's not going to happen again to any of you. None of you – just double-checking – none of you are going to be <laughs> murderers or you know, you know, you're not going to be uh, terrorists or anything like that. So it's not going to happen. Get over it. Okay, one more quick one. We do need to move on. You already called on David? David. Yes, David. Why did you wait, David? Um, I think I did, and all of us here, Shambra. Yes. Out of our love of humanity, Yeah. Uh, we knew that this was going to be an intense transitional time, and yeah. that we could be of, of service. Yes. At the same time, there's also that nagging doubt within us that you know we frigged up right. and should have taken the easy road, and we doubt now. Yeah. Um, if the, like the early bird gets the worm, or well, you know something like that, it's like should have done it back then. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'd like to yes, and I'd like to address that, David. Thank you. It's a very good thing being here to serve humanity. Uh, it's 
It's written in the Kabbalah. Yes, uh, Linda, microphone again. Hey, keep you, keep you running. And if I ser said serve, that was just due to my nerves being up in sure. front of all of you. But what I meant to say was our love, our, our deep passion and love for yes. humanity and for Gaia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's a, that's a valid reason. Oh, it's a valid excuse. Okay. <laughs> and, but, but let me give you a little history on that. About going back about five, six hundred years ago, it was the commonly accepted in spiritual circles, mystery schools everywhere, that that your ascension, your enlightenment was dependent on everybody else. It was in vogue at the time. I'm not going to go tell we're all ready. It sounded great, uh, and it was very, very popular. And it's the way most of the spiritual organizations were run. Uh, and it was that way actually up until. Yesterday. <laughs> no, but I'm saying there's a, there's a history to this. There's a, uh, would you say, a philosophical, spiritual belief in that. And most all believe that way. The few who did not were basically thrown out. We're all doing this for all of humanity. Well, an interesting thing happened. I came along. <laughs> Truly, I was the first one to speak out against this. Uh, on very, very practical terms. I, I remember the long debates that, that uh, we'd engage in uh, hundreds of years ago. I, I, I was actually a little unpopular for a very, very short period of time, believe it or not. <laughs> and Shambra, yeah, 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 somebody's already on their email or Facebook or whatever. I was like, how can he be so arrogant? You know what? It's an act, and maybe you stop out of acting like such a deadhead. Oh. And I'm not talking to all of them. There's just one person out there. Oh, he's so arrogant. <laughs> Why don't you stop acting like a bore? Okay? <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> it's all an act. You see? And if you act a little, a little pompous, you know, it's better than acting like oh. I'm a victim. <laughs> Try it. Act a little. Yeah, life has been good to me, so I'm a little better. I don't care. <laughs> it, it's just an act. And then you know what happens? You act that way. It's like, okay, so I got more money than you, okay? And that's fine by me, not by you. <laughs> and you start acting that way, and you know what? The energy gets delivered to you that way. That's kind of a weird thing. It's called, like, where's my book? I need a prop. Active consciousness. Yeah, somebody have. There you go. Yeah, uh, it's the active consciousness. It's all here. It's actually 150 pages. Interesting to note, about 10 of which are blank. Why do they do that? And it's an all an act. You act like you're ready for ascension or enlightenment. Guess what? It's there. It's all an act. It's, some would argue that acting is uh, not real. Oh, crap, look at you. <laughs> that is an act, and it's not real, and it's really tiring now. And I'm not talking to all of you online. There's just that one. Uh, one that's, oh, the dumbest. <laughs> I'm going to write something bad on Facebook. <laughs> it's all an act. 
and you can act any way you want. You can act. You can act eccentric, and uh, you already do. You can act uh, any way you want. You can act like you are so together. And even if that human part of you goes, "Oh, you're faking it," I don't care. So are you, stupid human part. You're faking it. I'm going to act like I'm really together, that I'm abundant. I'm going to act like my health is good, that I've got this youthful, vibrant body. It's all an act. And the moment you start believing that, well, you're faking it, the moment you start buying into your act as only a human of limitations, you've got a long, long, long way to go. So act, whatever. And and act many, all at the same time. It's all at the same time. It does, it's not singular. You can be many actors on your stage at one time, whatever you feel like. Where were we in our moment of distraction here? <laughs> David, the history has it that it was in vogue three, four hundred, going back as far as three or four hundred years ago, to, that we're all going to do this for humanity. I forgot who started it, but. I would smack them down if I had been there and known, because everybody bought into it. It's a nice story. Do you realize how long it's going to take for everybody on the planet to become enlightened? First of all, there's new ones moving in all the time at a very rapid race. A thousand lifetimes they might have to go through. Okay, let's cut it down to 700. Are you going to wait for them? And then their babies. And then their babies. Oh! So I proposed at a gathering of some of the embodied masters at the time. I proposed, I said, how about, how about it's a sovereign journey? How about we stop focusing on this mass, uh, everybody's got to go first, I'll be the last one through the door, captain's the last one on the ship. Crap, the captain should get off the ship and go find a boat to come and save everybody. <laughs> I don't understand that mentality. So, so I proposed back then. I said, "What if we get off that program of uh, you know no? What do they say? Uh, no one, no, last one left no behind. behind. No one left behind. Leave them all behind. <laughs> it's a better program because I proposed. I said, "What if one or two or five? come through into enlightenment. Ah, there was a silence that fell over the room, kind of like, what's happening here? Yeah, well, then what, Adamus? I said, you know, let's say there's five, and they stay embodied, and they walk the earth without running around saying, I'm enlightened, but just walk the earth, and they become a standard. Because you know how many people believe that they will uh, have a spiritual realization in this life? Not many. They have no hope. They have old stories of old masters. They have no hope. So they don't believe they can do it. They're waiting to go on the other side for answers and salvation, and most of them believe in either in heaven and hell or something in between. So they wait. They don't believe that they can do it. But if I put five here on stage or out walking in the park at the shopping mall at an airport, five that don't have to say a word from their mouth, but they're 
charisma shines. That will make the difference. And then there was a hmm in the room with the other masters. They weren't quite ready to buy it because they were invested or indicted to their old way of thinking. But I said, just what if? What if we didn't have to do channeling anymore? What if it was the human that stood here that was the realized master? Wouldn't it be far better than waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for all humanity? Wouldn't it be better for them to have actual examples? Hmm. Hmm. Still is not a terribly popular idea. Still, most groups will do the kumbaya thing. Oh, we have to all go. We have to all be one. No. I can tell you this. Um, for you, yeah. For you, still watching, still writing. <laughs> the <laughs> I tell tell all of you, a little secret, and it's one of my favorite topics. Not oneness. If you're looking for oneness, this isn't the place. There is no going back to oneness, like the like going back to God, and oh, well, just all sink back into God. No, actually, there's really no God, but that's another topic. There is, but not the human God. I'm so sick of that human God. It's a God rant, okay? Just let me rant once in a while. But there's no going back to that oneness. There's no universal oneness. We are all one. Yeah, we all have similarities. But you're not. You're sovereign. You're sovereign. A sovereign being has a much better perspective and compassion to all others, much better compassion to everyone else for their journey, for their way, for their uniqueness, for their diversity, versus one who's trying to go back to one. The person who's trying to go back to one is going to try to make sure everybody else does it their way. That's hell. I mean, that is hell, <laughs> literally. Because they're imagining going back to some cloud of, of oneness, but they want it to be their way, you know, in their likeness. So you can imagine the conflict it causes when they're trying to bring everybody else into oneness their way. It doesn't work. You're sovereign. You're not going back even into your own oneness, because you're going to discover Particularly, we're going to focus on this in Kihak that you are not one. You are many. Absolutely. You're not going to sink back into some fluffy cotton candy soul that does everything for you. It's not there. Just like God is not there, the soul is not there, because those are human concepts. Those are human constructs needing a Savior. We're not going there. We're going to go into the many of you, the many, 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 many of you. And that's such a freedom, such a blessing. Okay, I digress, but I do it intentionally. I'm only 10% of the way through our discussion here today. So <laughs> June? Uh, it's, well, I'll explain to you in a moment. Uh, <laughs> next question. <laughs> review of Tobias? Maybe. <laughs> okay, next question. 
What, what is the last thing a human does before they come into realization of their enlightenment? Poop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, okay maybe, maybe I am starting to understand. <laughs> well, that may be true. Oh, crap. Let's start with take. What's the last thing a human does before they come into the realization of their enlightenment? I word that very carefully. What is the last thing a human does before they come into the realization of their enlightenment? Okay. We'll do this quickly because we have much to cover here. Yes. Huh. Last thing. Well, I, like I want to do a swear word. Um, oh, that's okay. Uh, I'm banned from it, but you can. <laughs> what What would the swear word have been? I'm just curious. Oh shit. Oh, it's um, that, not swearing. I, Common language. Well, it, it shit just is probably used more in the English language than any other singular word, other than things like the and a and of. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's all. It's a. Yeah, the shit of shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how people talk these days. It just seems like there's something, at least from what I'm hearing, is there's a realization that it's more about and being more than one thing. And maybe there would be, for me, sadness about one. Uh, David. One part. David, take my picture. <laughs> take my picture. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> what? I think the swear would just make it real. Make it real simple. What's the last thing a person does before the realization of their enlightenment? They just take a step and do it. Okay, that's that's a good answer. Okay, thank you. Do you notice the difference between you kind of got into that that uh, mental quagmire versus just take a step and do it because. Uh, it's leading up to my answer. Next, we'll only do a couple here. What's the last thing a person does before realization of their enlightenment? Yes, Vince. Uh, Why did I wait so long? Yeah, but that's a thought. But what's the last thing you do? Um, you just give it all up. Good. Good. That's the answer to, to my question. That's what I would have answered. You stop trying. Last thing somebody does now, maybe some of you thought there's some great big mystical thing you do. Yeah, you stop trying. You just let it go. I, I call it allowing. Stop trying. Stop efforting. Stop pushing. Stop trying to figure it out. It's going to happen. So why screw with it? Why interfere with it? It's going to happen. All of you should be breathing a sigh of relief right now. Oh, God. No, truly. It's you look if you do a, the, a study of the the uh, ascended masters, and you look at the kind of their path. There's a lot of common things that they did. They all studied a lot. They all disciplined a lot. They all uh, agonized a lot. It felt really bad for all, guilty, guilty, guilty. That's kind of a weird part of the process. Just oh, I did all this bad stuff. Please, please forgive me. Uh, <laughs> But then they stop trying. They give up. And I bring this back a little bit to the story of Yeshua and you coming here to plant that seed of divinity. 
than you studying, sequestering yourself in these sacred uh, um, organizations, and then getting sick and tired of it and just walking away, disillusioned. It's almost like that now. You're almost sick and tired of your own path, of, of what you've been doing, of your spirituality. Oh, even the word doesn't even sound so good anymore. It's like, ugh, ugh. Spirituality is just another excuse for not being human in life, in yourself. So you get sick of it, and, and suddenly, whether it's done consciously or unconsciously, you just stop trying. I'm so tired of that. That didn't get me anywhere. All these years, you know, whether it was Crimson Circle or any other group, all these years, look at me. I'm a mess. I'm worn out. I'm, I'm broke. I have nothing. People don't like me. I, I smell bad. <laughs> and I give up. I give up. I'm just going to fade into life. That's actually really good when you get to that point. First of all, you're not going to fade into life. You're not just going to go back to being uh, common at all. But what's good about that is you've finally given up. You finally stop trying to be spiritual, stop trying for ascension. The Enlightenment is here. I asked you before, why did you wait, assuming you could have just done it a couple of lifetimes ago or earlier in this lifetime? It's already here. All the preparations been done. All the processing's been done. All the prep. Uh, all the getting yourself ready. It's here. So stop trying. But in that question, in that answer to the question, when you say stop trying, that would indicate then if you stop trying that it's going to be here because it already could have been. And that brings it back to my first question: What are you waiting for? Don't think about it, though, because you'll drive yourself crazy thinking about it. You'll start going through all these mental gyrations. You're not going to be able to figure it out. But you can let yourself feel it and realize it and get that, aha. Uh -huh. It's not a bad reason. No, it's not, not a negative reason or anything. It's a very deep reason. It's a very pure, real reason. When you hear yourself chatter, 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 Put it away, because the answer is just a few simple words. You realize it, and when you do, you realize that you're ready. And that's going to be scary. You realize that it's time for some responsibility, if you want to call it that. It's not really responsibility so much as it is, it's just time. And when you get that very simple, profound, pure answer to your, within yourself, why have you waited? What are you waiting for? You know then you're ready. Then you have to answer that one more question from yourself. Are you ready right now? I can already tell you the answer. Once you realize why you've waited, once you get that, you can't wait anymore. You can't delay it anymore. Let's take a deep breath with that. Oh, I love you guys. I love that we don't have to be all holy and sacred here. I love that you let yourself feel some of the deepest, deepest feelings. Hmm. 
Next, I promised we were going to talk about two trends. These are world trends, and we're going to go through them very, very quickly. The first you know about, and it's not from Tobias, it's from me. One of the biggest trends in the world right now is power. Everybody's into power, whether they realize it or not. Accumulation of power it can be done through money, politics, government, uh, sex, um, industry, commerce, religion. It's all about power. There is a massive drive on this planet for power. Not only that, but the desire for power on this planet is actually causing beings from other realms uh, – not little men in spaceships, but other beings – to take a particular interest in this planet, because there is this obsession with power going on. You see it everywhere, but it's more than ever. It's showing up. Read between the lines uh, – or listen between the lines in the news about the events. Stop for a moment and say, well, how, does this, how is this about power? You're going to realize that almost everything that is occurring out there is about the game of power. I think you, you have a popular TV show series called Game of Thrones, kind of the same thing, but game of power. It's, it's the shifting and moving of power. Power is an illusion. There is no power in the, the clear realms. There's no need for power. I'm not talking about energy power, the thing that you know, gasoline to put in your car to make it go. That's fuel. I'm talking about psychological power, mental power, and it's going to continue to grow and grow and grow. Humans are addicted to power more than anything else. It's actually almost impossible – I'd say it is impossible – to get addicted to a physical substance, alcohol. Tobacco, drugs, physically impossible to get addicted. Uh, there are those who will argue with me about that, but you can get addicted to power uh, in a variety of different and sometimes insidious, insidious ways. You can get addicted to power and then use that addiction in things like drugs and alcohol, or use drugs or alcohol to try to kill that pain of power. Oddly enough, it's pleasurable and it's painful, but you're going to see it more and more and more in, in this planet. Please realize for yourself as you go forward that there's no need for power. There's not. There are those who I, I, I've talked to in our nightly sessions, and they will argue, they will compromise, they will say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll reduce my power need. Uh, but I still have to have some as a protection against other humans because they're playing power, therefore I need some. No. It's either all or nothing, kind of. All or nothing. Power is an illusion. Power is making a statement that you believe there are things that you need to get from outside of yourself, and you don't. Not one single thing. All the energy or the, the attractant for energy is already there. Particularly once you start using it, keper, your creative, your spirit already there. But if you're still addicted to power, and that's going to be the focus of my portion of the talk in August, if you're still addicted to power, you will still try to be gaining more power and securing that power. In other words, you've got to you've got to bring some power in and hold it in your power uh, bank. 
Once you realize that power is an illusion, you don't need it in your life. You become invisible to those who play with power. They are not interested in you whatsoever. They are not going to try to come in and take anything from you, because there's no food in the pantry. There's nothing there. They're not interested. You're not a player. They're going to ask you to get away from the table, because you're not a player. You don't have anything in your pockets. That's when you're free, truly free. Power is the greatest and perhaps, you could say, oh, the only true addictive force on this planet. It's an illusion. Once you go beyond the need for power in your personality, in your life, you'll be free. You realize you don't need any power. Energy is always going to be there. It's a natural thing. When you're in consciousness, there's energy. When you're passionate, there's energy. You don't need power. It's, it's very, very false. Keep that in mind, and now on the other side of the equation, the other major trend that's happening on the planet right now is, believe it or not, diversification. Diversity. Weird. Because you'd think if power was over here, there, there wouldn't be – but there is a movement for diversity, and some would call it acceptance, but it's a little bit of both. It's diversity. Look at the planet right now. Like never before, there is a movement to accept diverse thought, diverse uh, lifestyle. Look, look at what's happening in many of the countries of this world, allowing same-sex marriage. Ooh, what a big step for this planet! <laughs> first of all, they should realize this isn't the first time on the planet it's happened. It happened first of all in Lemuria. For the most part, most of you had you had both physical, masculine, and feminine um, organs and and body parts. Kind of gives. Oh, I won't even go there. <laughs> So not you weren't just like marrying somebody of the same sex. You were, you know, you were both, and you were together in the same body. I mean, what would God think about that? <laughs> Crap! Look what I did. You're all masculine and feminine uh, together, I mean, it's, and the real balance is bringing them both back. But anyway, back to the diversification. Well, back to uh, same-sex marriage. It was commonplace in Atlantis – actually, marriage wasn't so commonplace – but it was commonplace to love everyone, or love who you chose to love without somebody interfering and saying, oh, yeah, but they have to be the opposite sex. So you're going to see more and more diversification. Uh, the, the acceptance of uh, what you call transgenders. You know, it's interesting to see what's happening with that. It's gone from being the weird and kinky to the Oh, wow, there's something to that. Uh, not that you all need to get operations, but you're, all, you're, you're masculine and feminine. It's hard, hard, hard living in a body that you try to be one in, just male, just female. You're both. Time to let it out, open it up, and then let the two kind of fuse uh, together to, to coexist together. And yeah, there are some who come into this lifetime because their parents didn't practice dreamwalker birth – blame it on the parents and, – and, and the parents really wanted a boy, and they got a girl. 
How tough is that uh, on, on that incoming? But the incoming, uh, wanting the first body you could get, uh, I'll just, no problem, I can deal with that family. I can deal with you know having the the masculine body. I'll just I'll work it out once I get there, uh, and then it's really hard to work out the family thing and the body thing. But you know there's this there may be a compelling desire even halfway through life to say, yeah I did the first forty years in the male body. Maybe now I'll be a female. What's wrong with that? So anyway, on this planet right now, a trend for diversity, not just sexual, but just about everything. Acceptance of other cultures and uh, other thoughts, uh, other a whole other ways of, of living, and it's going to become more and more. So remember, over here power, over here diversity, diversification. It's going to be coming one of the biggest issues on the planet. These two are not necessarily compatible. They don't work so well, but you got them. You've got both of these huge factors, so what to expect? By the way, uh, back for a moment. Nearly every part of human culture right now is diversifying. Is and it's part of my non-oneness program. <laughs> Everything becoming its own and sovereign. Everything except religion. Uh, it's not diversifying so well. In other words, religions are having a hard time accepting other religions. You're either a Muslim or a Christian or a Jew or whatever, and if you're not, well, God doesn't love you. That's because the power in religion is so strong that it, it overwhelms its diversification. That's going to backfire on religions. Backfire meaning that in these oh, coming decade or so, more and more and more and more people are going to be leaving the churches. They're going to call them old, but people are going to sense that they're really power-based. And then you're going to have a lot of people on the planet that are kind of lost, because they don't have that church that they once had to rely on to give them all the answers, and actually give them no answers, but pretend to be giving them answers. So this creates a whole chaos. This creates a lot of confusion. Power diversification uh, and, and power held in the churches and people wanting to diversify, these do not go well. One's going to be clashes on a continual basis. And power is going to think that it's one. It's going to try to win really hard. But there is such a movement on this planet right now for diversity. There are people like you that are accepting of others, because you know what you've gone through, but you're also diversifying yourself. You're not going into your oneness, you're going into your many. So the two big trends, we'll come back to that later, but right now it's time to take a deep breath. Time to, oh, my friend, uh, the one who was writing all this, fell asleep. I <laughs> wonder how that happened. <laughs> time to take a good deep breath. and. It's time for a little mirab. Yeah, you earned it. You can go to sleep yourselves if you want. <laughs> so let's turn down the lights a little bit and in just a moment bring up some sweet music. But before we do, I just want to once again thank you, acknowledge each and every one of you, acknowledge you for who you are. 
not what you're doing together as a group, what you're doing as yourself. I know it's difficult, and I know how many times you could try to turn and run the other way. It doesn't work, but how many times you could try to bury your head in the sand. It doesn't work so well either. How many times you could have just gone into total macchio. But here you are. Here you are. I, I do want you to carefully, carefully feel into this question on why you could have been embodied a couple of lifetimes ago, or even this lifetime. Why did you wait? There is a beautiful gift in that. Don't think about it. Just feel it. Feel into it. It will provide you with the answer you've been looking for for a long time. But right now, let's switch gears into the Mirab. My second question, what's the last thing a human does before the realization of their enlightenment? It's kind of a little bit of a play on words, because I said, what's the last thing a human does? Like there's something that has to be done, but not really. Let's just stop trying. Stop trying. Now that may seem a little counterintuitive, like, oh no, but don't I need to be doing something? No. Don't I need to be studying Adamas? No. Don't I need to be doing 15 minutes of deep breathing daily? No, not really. Don't I need to really just absolutely watch my diet? No. Don't I need to think spiritual thoughts? No. Well, then what the hell am I supposed to do? Nothing. Nothing. Do whatever you want. Well, for a bike ride. You know, you might want to do some of the things around the house that you haven't been doing. Change the light bulb that's been burned out for six months now. I know this is, makes you feel like you're just so human, but you know, you might want to do that. Fix that broken handle on the door. You know, I know it's not real spiritual, but. Since you don't have anything else to do, you might as well do that. Do anything you want, because this is the time right now, kind of a real time of evolution, transformation, whatever you want to call it, where you're being asked to just stop all that human stuff, because there's something compelling goes beyond the human stuff. Something so compelling that it goes far, far beyond what the human can try to manage, what the human thinks it has to manage. Compelling meaning so passionate, so real, 
so loving and so large. Let's not call it the soul. We're going to start moving beyond that word. It's all just you. It's not in a far off distant place. It doesn't have little fairy feather wings. It's just you. This something that's so compelling is just so compelling, so passionate. It just has to be. It can't not be. And this is your realization, your enlightenment. What's going to happen when a master gets to this point? Last thing they do is stop trying because they realize it was all ludicrous. It was all just the workings of a limited mind or personality. And they surrender to themselves, to the I am. They stop spewing macchio to themselves and to others. They stop wondering when and where and how. They stop trying to make enlightenment human. It's not the human that's responsible for this anyway. As long as the human thinks that it's the one doing it. The rest of the I am just sits back and patiently waits. When the human stops, stops trying, stops efforting, stops structuring, then the compelling enlightenment it comes. Well, the real way of saying that then, because of the compelling nature, the natural nature of enlightenment, you realize it's always been there. I don't mean this as a game. It's not a play on words. When you just take a deep breath and stop trying, Stop making enlightenment into a wrestling match. You feel that compelling, very compelling nature of your own realization. And then it happens. I like the word compelling. It means it has such a f dynamic to it such a passion to it. It's not an if or maybe or when or why. It's compelling. 
passionate. So compelling that you can't go wrong. It, it can't go wrong. Take this moment just to stop trying, just even in the brief couple of minutes here, to stop trying. Stop trying to figure it out. Let this moment feel the compelling nature of your enlightenment. Passionate. Present. This enlightenment doesn't compromise. It's not going to compromise or negotiate with the human. Not at all. No need to. It doesn't play the games of power or the games of the mind. so compelling that it knows what's going to happen. Take a deep breath with that. I know you, the human, you're tired, often confused, wondering what next. Deep breath. This enlightenment. It, it's beyond you. I mean, beyond your limitations. This realization, nothing that has to be structured or planned. needs to be received. Very compelling meaning. It already knows that it's realized. It already knows that it's fulfilled. It's not a goal. It's not a goal for the I am. So compelling that it's already there. It just wants to share that with the human. realized, fulfilled. Compelling meaning. It's already happened. Just wants to share that with you. 
gotta stop trying. You gotta stop thinking that you're gonna make it happen. That you have to make it happen. This isn't a maze. This isn't some huge puzzle that you're being asked to figure out. That would be cruel. But just that, it's time to stop trying, please. That sounds so simple. The human thinks that we'll have to be doing something. Okay. Change that light bulb. Fix the broken handle. Sweep your garage. Go for a walk. Buy a dog. Love a dog. It doesn't really matter, but just stop trying to be enlightened. human is never going to figure it out. It's not your responsibility anyway. Just for you to receive it. This thing of enlightenment is so compelling. It's already here. I had so much passion to it, so much expression to it that it's already here. Therefore, you cannot take any wrong turns. You cannot do it wrong. You can avoid it. You can wait like you've been doing for a couple lifetimes. But the compelling nature of the I am makes it so it's already here. It'll be a couple months before we're back together again like this in our shroud. I'll miss it. I'll, I'll be talking in other groups, but I'll miss it. I'm going to leave you with a big one between now and then. What are you waiting for? Don't give yourself the macchio answers that many of you gave today. That's window dressing. That's kind of covering it up. The answer comes. It'll come very simply, very clearly. 
What are you waiting for? And when it comes, then you'll really be ready. In the meantime, my dear friends, I'll be traveling the world with Calder and Linda, going to places far and beyond, not just on this planet, but in all the realms. And in my absence from the physical realm with you, please know that, indeed, we are together every step of the way. And in so, all is well in all of creation. Thank you for your indulgence. Thank you. And so it is. So I invite you to take a moment longer, to just stay with your breath a little longer, and really allow yourself to be fully present. That Marab can be a very dreamy place. So really breathe deeply, really feeling fully into your body, fully into the ground, so that it's actually safe to get up and walk around. So please take care of you. Thank you to Jeffrey channeling Adamas. Thank you for all of you listening in. And we know that it's not just this live audience, it's all of you in every part of this, this place, this planet. Thank you for listening. We'll be back here in July, nine weeks from today. So until then, please take care. Take care of you. And we'll see you then. Thank you for all of you listening in, whether it's Blog Talk Radio or CrimsonCircle.com. Till then, take care, and so it is. Thank you.